Hello, carnies, and welcome to Sideshow. Yep, I'm Joe. I'm Jacques. And this is an almost all-exclusive Joe Sideshow. Oh, man. Where, where Joe will be... Wait, where are you going? <laughs> where Joe will be driving the ship. It's, uh... So... Obviously, it's all Patriot talk all the time. <laughs> so, oh, what, what, Joe, who was your favorite seventh round draft pick for the Carolina Panthers in the last 10 years? Wink Martindale. There we, <laughs> we are talking games. Yeah, and specifically home versions of game shows. Um, I have a kind of a sad, like, you thought my video game collection that you're imagining is sad. Imagine a home game board game collection of game show games games game show games home games so at the end of every game show where you hear that the uh contestants take home a you know home version of the game joe has each and every one of them <laughs> and, and we will be detailing his favorite ones his least favorite ones and probably fun stories about the creation and the failures of some and, and the success of others what's your favorite well, um, I have the advantage of looking over Jacques' shoulder and seeing that uh, I have a lot of uh, a lot, of, a lot to choose from. My favorite—I don't know—I have an affinity for. Uh, it's a toss-up between. I have the Family Feud board games. I have two editions. I have the the fourth edition, the new fourth edition, and the new seventh edition of the Family Feud home games. Those are from the so the fourth edition. I'm thinking. The first edition must have been in 1976 because that's when a de Family Feud debuted with Richard Dawson back on ABC Television. Um, or is it CBS? Oh, I'm bad at this. So I think it's ABC. Richard Dawson, first of all, I, you know, I, this is a, a, a sideshow for another time, favorite game show host. But that guy, it was just awesome. Yeah. Just, just absolutely a lecherous peg, chain smoking while hosting and the we, feud. But on, in, in all sincerity, he really was like a, the most progressive game show host. Like he was all about like women's rights and, you know, he would always challenge whenever like a husband went on the game show uh, when they, they went on the Family Feud, and there was like a sexist kind of questions, like you know, name name the uh, your wife's favorite appliance, you know, <laughs> right, and, right. He, and he would be like, "This is a really disgusting question. Like we 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 should we we should never have a question like this ever again." And he didn't care if the contestant was an old, you know, white woman, a <laughs> you know, yeah, you know, big, small, medium, black. You know, Asian, he kissed each and every one of them with as much gusto as the next. Right. And you know what? And, and back then in the 70s, where he, in, that, in that sort of 60s free love kind of vibe, like that honestly was like no big deal to, I mean, there were women that you could sort of tell didn't want to be kissed by a complete and total stranger. Um, what's funny about that is that he actually met his wife as a contestant on Family well, Feud. Did. I did not know that. You, you did, nor should you know that. Uh, only I know that. I forget what her name was, but there is. A, it's on there. It's a, there's. It's actually I think on YouTube. Like if you look up, uh, you know, Family Feud, Richard Dawson's wife contestant, you'll see the episode. Which you, her and her family were like on for a couple of, a couple of episodes, and you know he's talking sweet to her. I don't think this is a toughie. Something that builds your appetite. Well, you? making love. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's why I haven't been able to eat lately. What? <laughs> yeah. And eventually you kind of, yeah, she hooks up with them and they have children and they live happily for decades, you know? It's, That's fantastic. Yeah. So, you know, it, dreams do come true. So bring it back to the board game. Sorry. So 
Family Feud, I have two games, two versions of Family Feud home games. Um, they come with these little cardboard boards with these plastic slats that you, you can just grab one. Go ahead and grab one. Take it out of its original packaging. He's grabbing the fourth edition. So the fourth edition must be copyright 1980 since it's the fourth year. He's handing me the box. Um, I'll tweet out pictures of this too. But yeah, there's like plastic pieces. There's like a plastic board that the cardboard front that looks like the classic Family Feud board goes on top of. And then there's like little slats that you pull out to the sides that reveal the answers. There are sheets on there that you're never really going to be able to decipher because, just by looking at them. But they have like questions at the top where you as the host would ask the question. So you needed like a host and then you had like at least two other players to play against each other. But one person always had to be the host and I always wanted to be the host. I wanted to be a game show host when I was a young man because I had no friends and I still have no friends. And I'm not a good speaker, as you can tell by this podcast, but I still wanted to be a game show host and I would always be the game show host whenever I would have friends and enforce friends at gunpoint and I got a gun somehow uh, to play these games when I was a kid. Jacques, can you read one of the questions at the top? Like it says like round one. I don't know if you can read Name it. Name something you use with lemons. Uh, something you use with lemons. I'm going to say something you use with lemons. Oh, Jesus. Um, is sugar? Is one of the answers sugar? <laughs> oh, no, for Christ's sake. I'm bad at this. Uh, I'm going to read it. Uh, question number three. Name something for which people take out a loan. A house. That's the number two answer. 37 people. A car. Number one answer, 53 people. So you're good at this. Prostitute. Uh, that's a, unfortunately didn't make our survey. Not that it's a wrong answer. It just didn't make our survey. You need at least two people to agree with you. I would love to like, you know, we, we, we should bust this open and play it because I wonder how dated some of these oh, yeah, are. Oh, yeah, right. Like, yeah, what's your, I think, did I even say that? Like, what's your favorite appliance? Yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> what, no, no. What's your wife's favorite right, appliance right, right. Was, one of the, was one of the ones. Oh, that's yeah, great. I, I'm joking about that. But there were, there were like housewifey kind of, Questions that were just commonplace. But, you know, uh, say what you will about Richard Dawson, rest in peace. And I am going to be saying rest in peace a lot during this episode because I think a lot of the game show hosts that have hosted these shows have since gone. Uh, why don't you take off the tech, the top one there? So now Jacques is going over to my next game. This is my coveted 1986 Milton Bradley The Price is Right home game. It, uh, I got this. Not this one in my hand. I had to rebuy it. But I did get this. Uh, when I was 11 years old. No, I'm sorry, 10 years old. And the reason I got it, this is how autistic I am, or Asperger's E I am. Ages what to adult? Wow, 10 to adult. I didn't buy it at age 9 because I wasn't 10 years old. Wow. And I wanted to follow the rules. That's how much of a shithead I was and still <laughs> am. But this is a really, I don't know, it's kind of a fun game. I mean, it's... It, the thing that I like find charming about these board games and board games in general is that they're tactile. Although, you know, there's feelies in there. There's little pieces and stuff. There's things you have to set up and there's a, there's something real about it. It's right, not, right. It's, I mean, video games, I, I, lo I love it's video like, It's games. like reading a book yeah. versus reading a, you know, reading a blog right, type exactly. thing. You can actually put your hands on it. Yeah. I mean, that's, and, and then think that's why people like, like collecting records and stuff. They can sort of feel it. They have something that's, you know. Tangible. Tangible. Something. That's the word I was looking for. Tangible. So the Price is Right home game from 1986 has 10 pricing games. It has... Uh, Switcheroo, Squeeze Play, Secret X. No, no it's not your Facebook profile. <laughs> uh, Safe Cracker. See, Secret X yeah, could be. Yeah. I see what you've done uh, there. I suck. Uh, Lucky, but, but, but Lucky Seven's the, 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 the price is right. It's got to be 
like honestly, we should bust it out and play it because we're talking. This is a thirty-plus-year-old game it's from '86. Yeah. So like these prices. I mean, <laughs> how much do you think a one pound of butter goes for? One pound of butter? Yes. Uh, Sixty-five cents. No. They're in the like the dollar something. Oh, the dollar. Okay. Yeah. So they're you know they're not crazy. They're not just I, giving butter away. <laughs> butter doesn't just grow on trees. I can't believe it's not sixty. <laughs> uh, it's like what, doll- one dollar. Right. It was, I bet a dollar. You're right. I, I, one dollar, Bob. But uh, so a little thing about prices, right? So prices, right, is in its forty fifth season on CBS television. It just got renewed for three more seasons. Prices, right, is one of those games that will never get old ever. Um, and it's it's funny because so they shoot uh, down in CBS, and it's it's one of those things where you can't like when you know when you were on your game show and you had to audition all that stuff. Here you just have to get out in line and people line up. Right. Well, actually, there is an auditioning process for for the Price is Right. Yeah. Well, they just well they used to just go down the line and talk to people outside in the line that morning. I up. actually have a Price is Right book somewhere in that pile over there. It was written by uh, Roger Dopkowitz, Roger a former executive producer like for 30 plus years of The Price is Right. He wrote like a behind the scenes of like how to how people got on and like favorite stories and all that stuff. But basically the audition process for The Price is Right, yeah, you get there super early in the morning, you get your sticker that's a, or ticket that says, well, here's your place in line. And then you come back later when they actually line up. And then they bring you, they, they, it's like a cattle call. They bring you out like four at a time or whatever. And then you stand in front of a table of producers. And the, uh, the contestants are asked, what's your name? Why are you here? Why do you love the prices, right? What are you hoping to get today or something like that? And then in 10 seconds, you're auditioning for the producers. Right. And then they say, oh, hey, thanks. And then you go back in line and they move in the next four group of four people. And then from that... They bring on their right, right. But it wasn't like when, when this, you when you went on and they were touring around the country, you know, pre auditioning people like they do with Family Feud and stuff like that, where they go city to city and they hold kind of local and regional auditions and stuff. You, right. It's just that day in line. Yeah. The whole premise was uh, for the prices right was audience participation, which was kind of like novel at the time. You know, where you would have. It basically create this sort of air of spontaneity, like anybody could go on the prices right and win a car that day just by sitting in the audience. And again, you know, one of the best things as a kid, and one of the reasons why the show has worked so well. I mean, you would have grandma watching the show, but it was such a staple when you missed school when right. you were a kid and you were you were homesick. Watching the prices right was a big part of the day because it went on before the Gilligan reruns and all the I Dream of Genie reruns. So the the early part of your morning, I mean, this is pre the 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 view and the you know the the chit chat shows and stuff like that, the Ellens and stuff. I mean it was all game shows. Yeah. Up until the afternoon news and then soap operas and stuff like that. But that's why everybody in our generation you know, they they would watch the show, and then when you went to your grandmother's house, you could talk about having seen the, this costume or that costume. Because remember, that was a big thing. People used to dress up. Oh, that in was uh, you're mixing up. But let's make a deal. Let's make a deal. That's right. But you would have so many wingnuts like losing their shit when they got called down. Oh on yeah, Price right. Just yeah. absolutely losing their shit. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a fantastic premise and fantastic format. They met up with a little bit of controversy last year when. They had their, I think, one of their first, or seldom do they have wheelchair-bound contestants. So they had a wheelchair-bound contestant 
uh, some people call them handicap. I call them handicapable. capable. <laughs> so they had this a woman in a wheelchair. She went into contestants row, which is the, the place in front where they sit and they bid on like whatever they're hawking at the beginning. And then you have to guess within, you know, you have to be closest without going over to the price. And then she went up and has to play a pricing game, which is like the, the, the you know, the, I'm explaining the prices right to yeah. America. <laughs> so anyways, so she goes up and goes for her pricing game. And what's the prize for the pricing game? A treadmill. <laughs> wow. And this is like, it's funny because they have the prices laid out in advance when they're putting together the show and they have the contestants laid out in advance, but they never know when the contestants is, you know, going to get chosen. Right, right, right. You know, like they're going to, maybe they should have plot, plotted it out a little bit better. It's like, all right, let's give away the, the treadmill first <laughs> right. and then bring on the wheelchair person. Um, but yeah, she won a wheelchair and she just laughed it off. You know, it was like a big kind of viral thing for a little while, but it was, it's fantastic. That's awesome. Yeah. Please go to YouTube. It's on YouTube. For, oh, that uh, is and, and, and what's great about the price of writing these game shows kind of embrace YouTube. Even Drew Carey says, oh, that's a YouTube moment. Like this is going on YouTube, you know, so he's constantly referring YouTube. But yeah, no, I, I, the price of right is still going strong. I watched it uh, the other day. Joe, where's the strangest place you've made Whoopi? Uh, <laughs> In the butt. <laughs> That's a real... That, yeah, that was a real which, which brings us to the next board game, the new newlywed game. Not the old oldywed game. <laughs> but that, I think, is, is that like the quintessential sitcom blooper moment? Yeah. That question? Yeah, that's the go-to... Uh, that was when Bob Eubanks hosted the, the newlywed game back in the uh, 70s and 80s. Yeah, that's... The, the, it, before YouTube, it was so almost like urban legend. Like, did that really Did that happen? really happen? And yes, it did. Uh, yeah, it was in the butt. In, in the, the butt, butt was the answer. Girls, tell me where specifically is the weirdest place that you personally, girls, have ever gotten the urge to make whoopee? Um. <laughs> in the... No, no, no. No, no. It's no, stop, I'm not talking about is the weirdest location, the weirdest place. Location. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Give me an answer, please. He said it was uh, in the car on the freeway. But yeah, you could probably see that on YouTube. But I mean, look at what pristine condition this. Seriously. Because I haven't used it, and you know, you can see that it comes with uh, cards. I mean, it comes with four pencils that are completely you know like like B barely used i don't know how to play the game i don't have any desire to play the game i just saw it as a sort of a kitschy thing that uh, i saw in a, in a goodwill ha have they rebooted this uh, uh a newlywed game yeah they the recent one on game show network from years ago had like carnia wilson as a host once and then i forget who took over for her like but then they had they brought in like celebrities and they, they started bringing on gay couples like, I know that George Takei and his husband, Brad, went on and they won their game of Newlywed Game years ago for charity. But yeah, you know, I mean, they, they brought it back. I don't know if it's still on now. I think it's went, since went off the air. But uh, there's such a resurgence in game shows now. So I did not know. I, I've known there was a game show network. But over the last few years, there's been how many game show networks... There's only two. But how many have come and gone or, no, I mean, or changed? It really only, for the, in America, really only just one G, Game Show Network or GSN. They ran like all older game shows. They, like, when they started out in the 90s, their bread and butter were the old Mark Goodson, Bill Todman productions, those old like prices rights. 
and family feuds and match games. And now they sort of still they still rerun some match games, but since then Fremantle Media has bought all of the rights to all of the Mark Goods and Bill Todman productions from the 70s and 80s. And also uh, they also bought pressure the rights to pressure luck as well. So like Fremantle is like the they're like the the Disney uh, of game shows now. And they started a network called Buzzer, B-U-Z-Z-R. And it's an over-the-air network where you can you don't you don't need cable. You can watch with an antenna. So like your grandma who doesn't have cable and has that old tube TV with a digital converter can still watch her game shows. And they rerun like Match Game. They rerun uh, Password Plus, uh, Super Password. Uh, they don't have the Pyramid Games. I think that's under some other license. They don't run the Family. F- uh, they they run Family Feud constantly. Uh, with Richard Dawson and Ray Combs, both rest in peace. When GSN stopped running reruns and started doing original programming, that's when Buzzer came in to fill in the gap for the old folks like me who were nostalgic for the 80s and 70s game shows of of yesteryear. And I'm glad that they came along. So it's funny, I've I've sold a bunch of TV shows over like the last decade. Sell out. (laughs) And it's honestly how many times I... You know, meet with the development person. There's this one person, my friend Ronnie Coy, to deal with, who I think she probably has like 50 dozen shows on TV now. The most prolific, like, you know, show seller ever. And how many times, you know, I would get notes. It's like, oh, I just came out of this meeting. This place is looking for a game show. That place is looking for a game show. Because you you think over the, like the past 20 years, some of the biggest shows that have come out of nowhere that have uh, either sustained it, well it depends if you count like the reality challenges shows like yeah. you know the, the amazing race which is on season what 200 t- tv was invented in right. 1938 well, big, big brother's like a huge big thing. big brother and stuff but you do you have um uh, who wants to be a millionaire is it was that runaway phenomenal huge success in prime time yes but it's still on in syndication every day today and it's actually you know, well it's still on not only in syndication but it's on it's on abc it's hosted by the host of the bachelor so like abc still owns the rights it still owns the rights set and then but in, then of course you still have your show you know which we have right there it, i'm holding i'm holding he a says your show uh, yeah well joe 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 was on wheel of fortune as we've talked about on the regular show oh, stop you're embarrassing me <laughs> and you know he absolutely killed it that day it was <sighs> please it- go on <laughs> Come up with. We need three more consonants, one more vowel. B. One. P. Two. H. And a vowel. A. All right. Let's see. Anything? <laughs> well, I wouldn't bet against this guy. It's a tough puzzle, no doubt, and a lot of blank spaces. But it's a phrase. You have ten seconds. To try to work it out. Good luck. I would be delighted. I figured. <laughs> I had faith in you. And I'm holding the box. Is this part of your lovely contestant <laughs> parting prizes? Yeah, I went back into 1986. <laughs> that's when I taped the episode. So I was on Wheel of Fortune. Wow, this is sealed. It's oh my sealed. God. Yeah, that's why I asked if it was part of the contestant no, prizes. No, I, fu- I bought this at a, at, a, at a, again, a Goodwill. And it was like, yeah, it was, oh wow, a sealed one. I think I had... Maybe I still do. You do. You have several different incarnations I, of Wheel of Fortune over to, there. I need to go to a hospital. But uh, no, this wasn't. You know, they didn't give you. They don't give you uh, board games as parting gifts anymore. They don't care. 
Oh, but, Gee, no, bastards. but no, Wheel of Fortune, yeah, another game show that it actually started in the 70s. Uh, Chuck Willowy was the original host of the NBC version of Wheel of Fortune. It was essentially the same game, but with uh, a much more... Cr- so you went from one crazy Republican in Chuck Willowy to a less crazy Republican in Pat Sajak. I can't believe rich old white guys would be Republicans. <laughs> yeah. That's, well, now, is Chuck Woolery, was he the uh, CIA hitman? No, that was uh, Chuck Barris. Chuck Barris, He hosted right. the gong show. Right, right. And that was bullshit, by the way. But yeah, that's... that's. Or was it? Right. Yeah, Confessions of a Madman, which was produced by George Clooney, which is a f- very good movie. It's a great Sam, movie. Sam Rockwell played Chuck Barris, and then he does an excellent job. And, and Chuck Barris, up until his... Rest in peace. Up until his dying day, had said, you know... Because, you know, the CIA has said, no, he was never a member of the CIA. Of course we don't have assassins. And he's always said, yeah, the CIA is going to, you know, acknowledge. Right. Who are you going to believe? <laughs> me or your own lying eye. But he did. That was always his thing. It's like, you know, well, and he would always, and you could never tell if he was joking. Well, I'm putting it out there just in case I die of mysterious death. Yeah. You, you know why they're, they're, they're trying to shut me up. And then to the point where the CIA had to issue a statement on it saying, of course, you know, he was never part of the CIA. Of course, we don't have these hit squads. And Chuck Barris's reply was... Or so the CIA would have you believe. The password is... Fun. (laughs) So now he just handed me a very old version of the password, one of two password games that I have. This is the new 11th edition from Milton Bradley Company. I don't have a date on this, but it's a... Oh, no, 1970. Password, fantastic game show. I don't understand. They've tried to bring this back recently with million-dollar password, and by recently, I mean within the last five years. It was a good, you know... I mean, it's a fantastic game. If you don't know what password is, shame on you. But, you know, there would be a word that the one giver would have to get the receiver to say without by giving them one word clues uh, without saying any part of the... Uh, the, the 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 word that was uh, you know the, the 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 target word. I'm not doing a very good job. I should probably watch more password, and that way I can get more of a command on the English fucking language. But password was a fantastic game. I hope they you know I'd like to see them bring it back. Um, it seems like word games don't do. I mean, the, the biggest word game right now is Wheel of Fortune, which is barely a word game. But you know they used to have well, a pyramid. Yeah, that's true. Pyramid, yeah. But it's not, yeah, I guess that is, yeah. You're right. Why don't I shut up? And if you want to, um, I'm not a, well, Friends, the TV show Friends was great. Yeah, right. Um, Yes. Like, it needs me to say it was great. (laughs) Right. They get ringing endorsements 17 years later. um, But it was management's favorite show. And when she moved in, she watched all the time, bought the box sets. The episode of Friends when Joey is on the pyramid, hands down, my favorite episode of of friends ever it probably in my top 10 favorite episodes of tv period is when joey was on pyramid and he was like the celebrity guest and what was the category yeah, well one of them is like uh, oh things you know uh, uh oh white things uh, yeah yeah things that are white and he's like it's in your fridge a ghost <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> and, all the, and then after you know uh, they they take a break and, the, and he's like wow those are really hard questions i mean what would a ghost be doing in my fridge <laughs> but uh but you know, before I uh, I uh, put this uh, 
this episode of Sideshow in any more Jeopardy, let's move on oh to the next thing. Yeah, that's bad. That's uh, I lost on Jeopardy. <laughs> I would lose on Jeopardy, and I've been trying to get my management to audition for Jeopardy because she's pretty, you know, she's pretty smart. She married you. How yeah, smart can she be? Oh, my God. I hate myself. <laughs> uh, so I'm holding in my hand the Jeopardy 10th edition from uh, I was trying I was trying to find the copyright date the box oh, indicates it, it 1972 was... this is from the Art Fleming days Wait should you be putting out over the interwebs that you have a board game from 1972 that might have a retail value of zero dollars and ten cents <laughs> Seriously that is that box the box is older than you Yeah there's so many they they they, they pump these out this is before apps this is before computers if you wanted to experience the game show experience in your own home, you needed to have this, this these board games, and they would pump them out. Like the more popular ones, they would pump, pump out every year, like the 7th edition, the 8th edition, the 20th edition. So, so these are just board games that are TV shows, that these are the home version of these games. Right. And so, you know, just looking at the wall over here, yes, he has a wall of games. You're talking, you got about a good almost dozen different shows, right. the home games of them. Are there any home games that... that oh, board that games? Then, board games that then became shows? Yes. There were a couple of uh, a couple of ones, uh, Trivial Pursuit being one of them. They tried that in the 90s. That didn't go well. <laughs> um, they also did it with Monopoly. Who took a, uh, a gamble on Monopoly being a TV show? Merv Griffin. Because those... I mean, they must have I been really abridged rules. Peter Tamarkin was the original pilot host of the Monopoly game show. Peter Tamarkin was the host of Pressure Luck. The pilot for Monopoly was, I think, 1990. The set was like this huge Monopoly board that lit up, you know, and then they would have three contestants, and the three contestants would have to answer sort of like fill-in-the-blank questions or general knowledge questions or whatever to move their piece along and to, and to get properties and all that. But the pilot episode is particularly odd not because of Peter Tamarkin, but because of uh, Mr. Pennybags, which is the Monopoly guy's name. He was represented by a little person that moved along the board, that didn't talk. That it was a, yes, a little person dressed as Mr. Pennybags. That's awful. awful. <laughs> it is awful, and it's and it's, and there's a very very thin line between awful. And awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and this is, yeah, teetering on, uh, I don't know if it ever crosses to awesome because Peter Tamarkin did not like the concept. He was like, this is insulting. And it's, and he was, he, you know, he went on to say afterwards, you know, he particularly disliked the Mr. Pennybags gimmick with the little person because he felt that they were literally treating him like an object, but he wasn't allowed to talk or interact with this little person. He's like, there's a little person running around our board and I'm not allowed to talk to this person or address this person like a human being. Like that was part of the, the format. But yeah, so that didn't, that got picked up, but it didn't do well. Um, and then, um, I don't know, another board game that became a game show. I can't think of any others that like spring to mind, but not, more recently we have the new app two game show called Candy Crush. Oh, right. With Mario Lopez. And absolutely insane that Candy Crush. Right. So, like, the game that you play on the toilet is now uh, a game that you're going to watch other people play for half an hour. And it's the format is odd because they interact with this giant wall, video, this video wall. If you've ever seen Candy Crush, it's kind of like a Tetris game where you have to match right. three. They have that in video format 
but they interact with it kind of like a rock wall. I haven't seen the show myself, but I've seen reviews, and it's, you know, I don't know. It's not good. It's probably not going to last. It's probably not going to be hip with the kids. But it, it, it is funny to think, first, you know, looking at your pile of games, the, the fact that you have a Jeopardy board game that is 45 years old, you know, right here, and the show still on every single day, yeah. that it's still huge. And, and you know, Newlywed Game has come back, Family Feud, again, Price is Right. Here are all these board games that you've had that are over 30 years old, that the shows are still on. And it's funny because, you know, game shows in prime time still pop up. You know, and it's funny. So, I mean, I give Joe a hard time, and a lot of people do about, like, his his absolute love of of game shows. And, and I will, uh, you know, I'll be... I'll be you know, watching a Bruins game and, and text him on a Thursday night at 10 o'clock. It's like, hey, did you just see that? And he's like, no, I'm watching the match game from like the 70s on these games, which is great. But here's the funny thing. You you have all these games that you just said, like, you know, Jeopardy, here's a board game that's been on TV for 40 years that now is an app. Yeah. It's a popular app. All these games haven't gone away. Password hasn't gone away. Uh, uh, password has gone away. No, no, no. Oh, I'm, oh, I'm, oh. I'm, I'm talking as I guarantee there's an app out there. And, and, oh, right. And then you have like, you know, different versions of that that they might not call that they've they've incorporated into different things. You still have the daytime, the daytime Wheel of Fortune and, uh, and Price is Right are still as popular now as they were ever. But then you also have the primetime shows that keep popping up. You have two dedicated game show networks. So it's not Match this. Game was brought back recently. And it's fantastic. Man, Match Game with Alec Baldwin is a fantastic game show that you're not watching. But I'm not I'm watching. watching. But no, but it's fantastic. It's not this niche subculture, little obscure thing. I mean, there's probably as many game like you know refurbished game shows or new game shows or game shows in prime time than there are cop shows or hospital shows or superhero shows on netflix at least more recently yeah but i'm 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 glad to see that there's like a resurgence and and sort of yeah again it's a nostalgia grab because they're bringing back game shows like match game pyramid gong show gong show gong show is an odd one that's produced by will arnett and hosted by tommy maitland who's tommy maitland Who who is tommy maitland the world may never know. <laughs> no, they know. <laughs> all right. It's Mike Myers in character. That's the most bizarre thing. The return to television for Mike Myers is a fucking character in prosthetics. Like, and, and, and if you look in the credits, executive producer, Tommy Maitland. Right. No, like Pee Wee Herman. He, yeah, right. He's taking this to the whole, you know. The, to the nth level. Which, right. which is bizarre, but at the same time, absolute. And it is. It's, a, it's, it's a, akin to the... People like Pee Wee and uh, and who's the other guy who I'm thinking of? Um, oh, Jerry Lawler. The oh oh Andy Kaufman. And Andy Kaufman when he would go into his character. Oh, uh, Tony stuff. Clifton. Tony Clifton. Thank you, yes. thank you. And 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 till his dying day, if he is dead, right? You know, no, no, always tonight. Completely disavowed himself. That's another Tony side Clifton. show. Andy Kaufman. Andy Kaufman. Yeah. Uh, so so we're gonna wrap up this side show. Uh, Wake up, Joe. Joe. Joe <laughs> is going to take a picture it, now. Um, again, a shout out to our friend Robert who let us come over and go through his man cave. And you had that great pan of all his arcade games I'll and stuff like that. I'll do the same with my shit. With, with, with his, but, but it is. It, it, it is really cool that you have board games here that are pushing 50 years old. And for the few listeners out there, um, 
our, our friends from Japan, let's say, or our friends from France, if there are any like great board games that have become shows that you guys know, uh, Facebook or tweet Joe and let him know so we can look him up and check him out and bring him up because we are, are periodically on Sideshow going to look. If, if I get to rant about the Patriots nonstop uh, on Carnival personnel, then Joe has every right to go off and linger all things uh, board games, uh, TV show, game shows, gaming game shows, and everything in between. Um, but yeah, so check us out on Facebook at Carnival Podcast. You know where we are because we you 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 literally know us. Like <laughs> we're not broadcasting to any strangers out there. No, actually, it's it, it's fun because we we've had some people who are friends of friends, like like that we've had on that we've talked about. Um, and, and we do we appreciate all the friends who have sent out email blasts to their friends who have shared us on Facebook because it is. It's nice to know that, you know, every couple weeks there's a couple more people who we don't know, you know, sending us messages and stuff like that. And it justifies me having to look at Joe for a couple hours. And smell me. Oh, my God. Thank God there's no such thing as smell-o-vision. We'll get there. Yeah. So uh, that's that. And, um, oh, Jacques, don't forget to... You don't get to come back tomorrow. You don't even get a lousy copy of our home game. You're a complete loser.